0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Any Given You podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Megan. We have an awesome show for you today, but before we get into that, I'd like to remind everyone But if you're enjoying our content, please make sure that you give us a rating and review. If you've already done that, make sure you tell some friends about the podcast. They can follow us on Instagram as well as Facebook on our Facebook page and group. Get over to that group because it is tons of fun. Here we go. Week five preview episode. There are some titanic matchups this week. We've got two pivotal games in the SEC, a Big Ten strength on strength contest, a group of five playoff hopeful looking to score a knockout, a battle of unbeatens in the Big 12, a a couple of interesting ACC chaos matches, plus best bets, upset alerts, and some thoughts on which teams we could potentially see in the college football playoff for the first time. This show is absolutely loaded, so no more bullshit. Let's talk some shop. First off, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that college football action started last night with Virginia taking a trip to Hard Rock Stadium to take on the Miami Hurricanes. The Cavs are coming into the contest on a two-game skid. A pair of ugly losses to North Carolina and Wake Forest. The Hurricanes have just won comfortably 69 to nothing, against Central Connecticut. We actually had a lean towards the Miami Hurricanes in this game. We did not make that an official pick because we did not – released this episode before that kickoff time, right? So, can't do captain hindsight stuff, but we have to admit we were leaning Miami in this one. Miami just could not make enough plays down to down to make it matter. They kept it close. It was a, it was a 28 to 30 loss to the Cavaliers. Uh, but when you turn on the tape, I did catch snippets of this game. It just seems like Miami once again is the two. you know, they're the two steps forward and the three steps back crew. I just I don't get it money down was absolutely horrendous for those guys you would see it just play out so many times you'd see them you know tackle for loss on first down defensively pass breakup on second down and then all of a sudden they let virginia rip off a 20 30 yard pass play on third down to keep them on the field and move the ball that's just that sums up the miami hurricanes just the inconsistency down to down and, and it cost them last night at home unfortunately for them at saturday At 12 on ESPN, we have number 8 Arkansas Razorbacks taking a trip to Sanford Stadium to take on the second-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. If you had told me that these two teams would be undefeated and this would be a top-10 matchup back in August, I would have probably laughed in your face. However... Here we are, right? And when I saw the Razorbacks win emphatically over Texas, I saw this team in a different light, and that's why we took them over Texas A&M. I have to give Sam Pittman, the old Pit boss himself, a ton of credit for restoring this program to a level far exceeding expectations for the short timetable he's had. Arkansas is the definition of a team with an identity, a belief in itself, a team establishing a culture and a standard for themselves. This is another example of a team that is very senior and playing with purpose with an X factor of being bolstered by that transfer market on that roster. So uh, definitely a, a perfect storm, if you will, there for this team coming out of Fayetteville. I'm sure there are several folks out there that expect an upset in Athens on Saturday. Well, let's prompt the brakes for a second. No doubt Arkansas has a bright future, but they are heading into deeper waters than anything that they've faced thus far. Georgia is a team, as we've said, that has separated itself on a different tier. What we are seeing in Athens is a team that has been built over time with elite recruiting that has produced elite position groups all over the field. Sam Pittman is trying to build what is already at Georgia, okay? The dogs, due to their lighter schedule so far, have had an opportunity to get healthier and work on building experience in depth on both sides of the ball. So looking across the two rosters, there isn't any one place that the Hogs have a distinct advantage. I just, I don't see it. I'm looking at it. I've looked at every metric for these two rosters, and I do not see the advantage for Arkansas in one position group on the field. Bar none. Then Arkansas is coming into this one a little bit beat up as well as two integral spots on their offense, especially with K.J. Jefferson at quarterback, limited this week, and his big play uh, receiver, Traylon Burks, is also dinged up from the contest with the Aggies. They might have gotten the double-digit win, but that was still a very physical, hard-fought contest in that one. So uh, Arkansas's defensive unit, what can you say about them? Well, they are very stout, but in my opinion, they have feasted on some lackluster quarterback play thus far this year uh, and against offenses that don't have an arsenal like Georgia has. This game for me comes down to matchups, right? Georgia's front seven is an NFL caliber unit. I think every one of them is going to play on Sunday. I don't think Arkansas will have the same success in the ground game that they've had so far. So that leaves the question, well, what about passing? Well, your star wide receiver is dinged up. And Georges gets back a guy in the secondary with Takee Smith, the very talented West Virginia transfer, to come in and play the star position for them in that secondary. He's coming back this week. Are you willing to take a chance now, if you're Arkansas, at getting K.J. Jefferson Beaten up for a second week and maybe losing them for the season you know depending on what this Georgia pass rush can do are you willing to do that are you willing to drop back if the run game isn't there and try to take those shots in those deeper developing routes I don't know I think personally you go with the quick passing game keeping everything underneath but again this is playing to Georgia's you know elite defensive speeds advantage so Flipping to the other side, Georgia's offense has a plethora of weapons at their disposal, led by quarterback uh, JT Daniels, who, in my opinion, will be the best quarterback that the Hogs have faced yet. He's an absolute surgeon on third down at his career at Georgia, and I think that's where this matchup is most likely going to be won and lost. It's going to be on the money down, and it's going to be in the red zone. I think 18 and a half points is a little generous for Georgia in this one, but I do like the dogs somewhere 14 to 17 point range at home versus Arkansas, which will absolutely be a quality win. Okay, uh, you know if they don't blow them out and cover their spread, I've, at like a 35-20 or a 30 to 14, I see those as real possibilities. I like Georgia to hit 30 points in some way, shape, or form, even if that comes with a defensive score to get them there. Arkansas is a good team, but they are out of their depth and, uh, against what I consider to be a great team and a real national championship caliber squad once fully healthy. On Saturday at noon, we also have number 14 Michigan taking on Wisconsin. They're taking a trip to Camp Randall. We have a classic rock-eating contest here in Madison. The Wolverines will be taking a trip to fight the Badgers, as we've said. This game is a matchup of two 1.0 teams. Okay, Remember what I said a 1.0 team was last season when I coined that phrase. It's a team that is built on defense field position and time of possession, right? Uh, It's the boa constrictor approach of slowly squeezing the life out of your opponent with physicality and just sort of outlasting them. And in order for teams like this to have success, a few things have to happen. Maybe none more important than taking care of the football. Don't turn that thing over. And we've seen Wisconsin do a terrible job of this with Graham Ertz at the helm. The Badgers do not possess an elite back like they've had on previous teams and no receiving threats that scare you. And if you double cover Jake Ferguson, there goes your one X factor you had offensively if you're Wisconsin. I think there is a school of thought out there that thinks it's more likely Michigan loses than Wisconsin goes one and three. And I think you'd be right if this Wisconsin team was one from a couple of years ago. But plain and simple, the Badgers are a less talented and less complete team than Michigan. Blake Corum is a home run threat out of Michigan's backfield. Wisconsin doesn't have that. Hassan Haskins is a good change of pace back. Wisconsin doesn't have one. Cade McNamara is a more efficient quarterback. And Michigan will call a game to protect him. Bottom line up front, the Wolverines have seen the formula for beating Wisconsin. You just have to be patient. Don't worry about style points. Continue to win the field position battle and take care of the football, and you will beat the Badgers. The snap count on Wisconsin's defense has been brutal this year, and I think as this contest drags on, you'll see the Wolverines' rushing attack begin to gash these guys, and the Badgers' offense will have no answer. 47% on third down. That is what Michigan converts at. Do you know what Wisconsin converts at? 27%. There's a 20% difference between how well these two teams perform on the money down offensively. You want to talk some other metrics? How about this? Michigan, plus three in the turnover margin. Wisconsin, minus seven. I have no belief in the Badgers. Give me the Wolverines to go to Camp Randall and get the win on Saturday. On NBC at 2.30 kickoff, there are some interesting kickoff times this week, I will say that, but at 2.30 on Saturday on NBC, we have the number 7th ranked Cincinnati Bearcats taking a trip to South Bend to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. What do we think here? Well, Notre Dame will once again be facing a rested opponent coming off a bye week. The Bearcats will probably be shafted out of the college football playoff no matter what. I'll have more thoughts on that at the end of the show, but... But that doesn't matter one bit to them coming into this contest. They are going to throw their very best punch in South Bend. Real quick, not to belabor this point too hard, let's just go down the numbers of uh, here of why, or just some key points of why I think Cincinnati has the kind of day that they have to pull the win. First off, Cincinnati is top five in Havoc rate, on their defensive front versus Notre Dame's offensive line that is struggling and not 100% healthy. So I like the advantage for Cincinnati in that one. They have a very solid secondary that is opportunistic against quarterbacks that have struggles with accuracy. We have seen Jack Cohn this year have struggles with accuracy, hitting receivers in stride, or I should say rather not hitting receivers in stride, overthrowing receivers, balls a bit late, balls a bit behind, Cincinnati has made a living off of taking the ball away from you when you do that. So I like the advantage in Cincinnati uh, for their secondary versus Notre Dame's passing attack, right? Uh, Notre Dame has also struggled to run the ball this year uh, consistently. So again, I think they will force them into passing situations. And I like that secondary versus Notre Dame's passing attack right now. The mobile quarterback situation, Desmond Ritter is as much of a runner as he is a passer. He's a long strider. He's deceptively fast, very good at running the ball. And Notre Dame hasn't had to contend with a mobile quarterback since playing Florida State in week one. And you saw how they struggled with that. And by the way, Cincinnati is far better than Florida State. Um, It takes Notre Dame schematically out of what it is that they want to do. And when they have to uh, you know, account for that, I think that's where you saw them getting sort of gashed in the run game. So I like Cincinnati in that regard as well. I think Cincinnati will beat Notre Dame in South Bend. I think they will. I don't know if it's going to be some resounding, you know, uh, huge blowout win. I doubt that very much. I think it will be a closely contested fight again. And I but I, I like Cincinnati to come out of it now. Here's going to be the overreaction in the, in, the, in the talk, right, coming out of this one if Notre Dame goes down. Well, they're completely overrated. They always do this. That's not true. Before the Notre Dame is overrated talk begins, consider this. Since 2018, the Irish are 39-5, and five, and their only losses are coming at the hands of Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and a ranked Michigan squad, and every one of those games was on the road. Notre Dame is a good team in terms of pure wins and losses during that time frame that's actually elite level wins and loss percentage they struggle with the eye test that is the only thing that they struggle with they don't look the part but they are winning games this is a team that has punched above their weight class when you consider the academic and conduct restrictions they have to deal with as a school so cincinnati pulls this win this is a quality win and i don't care what anybody says And it is a good resume win for their playoff push, which again, I think, well, I have my thoughts. Let's talk about the Ole Miss Rebels versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. Number 12, taken on number one, 330 CBS on Saturday. Here we go again. Again, the the Rebels and the Tide are squaring off in what many people are expecting to be pure fireworks. Ole Miss has looked good this year. And is markedly improved from last season. This game has a very similar feel to it as to, you know, so this is, uh, like the Arkansas versus Georgia contest, not in the style of game that will unfold, but in the stakes in the feel of the rising budding team versus the elite level roadblock, if you will, you know, the team, the immovable object, right in Alabama. Um, that's what they are in the West and you know, in Georgia. That's what Georgia is in the East. I'm not sure what we're in store for on Saturday as far as points are concerned. But as I've stated before, just like in the other matchup, this is an elite team with so many ways to hurt you in Alabama. I think the game in the Swamp was a wake-up call for the Tide, similar to what you saw coming off of that Georgia game last year. They flipped a switch after that game and 2020 Alabama became 2020 Alabama. I think the tide is going to roll in this one, you know, to be honest with you. If Alabama was more limited in their passing attack, as I assumed, and I think a lot of people did, they would be coming into this season. I had this game pegged as a matchup nightmare for them, but. So far, we really haven't seen too much drop-off compared to what they've been able to do scheme-wise uh, from 2020 to this year. Is it slightly reduced? Yeah, I think it is. But does Old Miss have enough ass on defense to make Alabama actually pay for it Saturday? I don't think so. So give us the Crimson Tide to get the win and maybe even win big. Number 21, Baylor. Man, can't say enough about the job Dave Aranda is doing down there uh, in Baylor, right? Uh, It's got them cracking the top 25, going on the road to Stillwater to take on the number 19th ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. You got the Steady Eddie and Mike Gundy out there just quietly working his way to eight or nine wins like he does every single season, getting bowl eligible, all that other stuff. This one takes place at 7 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN2. And God, we aren't sure what to make of this one, to be honest with you. Uh, We do know this. It's going to have serious implications on how the Big 12 is shaped for the coming weeks. Again, you love to see Dave Aranda picking up the steam. Mike Gundy, like we said, on his way to nine wins with the Oklahoma State Cowboys like every year. So I I don't know. Uh, We took Oklahoma State to upset Kansas State last week off of the the prowess of their defense and what they've been able to bring there defensively over the last couple of years. And we trust that that is something we do trust. And Oklahoma state again has a fine defensive unit, at least for big 12 standards. Baylor is also no slouch, but these teams seem fairly even coming into this so i I, honestly i think i'm prepared to trust oklahoma state's defense at home just a bit more than i am willing to trust baylor right now so we'll roll with the pokes for another week here but i think you're going to see a very competitive fight there in stillwater 10 30 on saturday on FS1, 10.30 Eastern Time, so it'll be 7.30 Pacific when these teams square off. This is the last official uh, play we have for winners and losers. Arizona State versus number 20 UCLA. Vegas has UCLA as a three-point favorite in this one, and usually a team gets three points factored into their spread for playing at home by default. So what Vegas is telling you is that they believe Arizona State and UCLA are dead even. Both of these teams have losses to Mountain West opponents. I think both of these teams have had moments this year and in preseason where they've been inflated. For Arizona State, this game is an opportunity to swing the season's momentum back in their favor. For UCLA, this is getting a step closer to winning the Pac-12 South, which I believe to be the goal here for this Bruins team with all the conference turmoil. I think Chip Kelly and crew have done the hard work bit by bit, brick by brick, and now it's UCLA's moment to make some noise in the Pac-12 South and have the honor of getting smashed by Oregon in the championship game. But for now, they are working towards winning the Pac-12 South. For the Sun Devils, we told you we were never sold on this team, even in preseason. We believe them to be a media inflation. We do like what UCLA is able to do in their run fits We do like DTR to bring a splash of playmaking ability. We like UCLA's speed on defense. They are secondary, again, suspect, but they do do a great job of stopping the run and at least making a team one-dimensional. And we have seen quarterback Jaden Daniels for the Arizona State Sun Devils struggle this year with turnovers more so than he has in previous years. So give us the Bruins at home to take this competition. Upset alerts. Let's talk about them real quick. We've got a couple of good ones this week. Um, Here we go. Number five, Iowa. You are on it. Yes, you heard me. The Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm not hitting this one with 100% pure conviction, but I see this game as a potential highlight and exposure spot for Iowa's lack of offensive prowess because I believe that Maryland's offensive attack is going to force the Hawkeyes to play outside of their comfort zone. If Maryland connects on explosive plays and takes care of the ball, they win. Plain and simple, they win. They win at home. So I think, again, this is going to be the exposure spot for that fool's gold that you have with Iowa, where it is a team that plays really good special teams in defense. But again, if a team is able to take them out of their comfort zone and turn this into a little bit of a shootout, I think it exposes Iowa's glaring issue an elephant in the room and that is that offense does not produce enough yards or points to remain being a top five team it's going to happen eventually and we may see it this week number 25 clemson welcome back out some key contributors this week versus boston college this clemson team is not done losing yet guys simple simply simple and plain they're not done losing yet throw out the conceptions you had of this team. These guys may be the most talented for loss team in the country by seasons end. Okay, I'm serious. I think the bottom has fallen out for them for this season. I'm not saying, I'm not doing the Paul Feinbaum saying that uh, they're dead as a program and everything else like that. I think his, uh, his takes are a bit skewed and a, hot, a little too hot cold for me, a little too quick, and that he's definitely a gigantic SEC homer. Um, but for this season, yeah, I I I kind of concur with him. I think the bottom has fallen out at least for this season. I could see this team easily being eight and four, maybe seven and five, depending on how bad it gets and how hard the injury bug bites. Uh, but there are issues under that hood, and I don't care how good the exterior looks or what you thought of this team or what, how this team has looked. Over uh, the past several years, teams, great teams, good teams, sometimes they still have down years. What is happening in Alabama is the exception to the rule in such an, it, just an, an incredible way uh, that you know I think we've forgotten that teams are capable of having a bad year, and Clemson is in the, the midst of it right now. So give me the Clemson Tigers on upset alert this week, taking on Jeff Halfley and Boston College, coming in with a lot of momentum. Number 22, Auburn. You guys are on the upset alert list. I understand the Auburn Tigers are ranked. And no, this pick has nothing to do with the Georgia State game, actually. I just don't feel in my bones that Auburn is that much better than LSU. They are not exactly similar schematically. But as far as the talent on the two rosters and and everything, I just think this is actually a very, very, very close game. And in preseason, I would have absolutely taken LSU as the better team over Auburn anyway. They have a late kick in Death Valley where they haven't managed to win in quite some time. I'll put it to you that way. Again, I feel as if LSU is a team that has built a little bit of steam, a little momentum since that loss to UCLA. And as their young talent is figuring out how to play some football, this is what we could see. We could see LSU take the win over Auburn. This is actually my lowest confidence pick out of the three, to be honest with you. But I I could see Auburn falling in this. Where I see Auburn being able to win this game is in the ability to run the ball on LSU versus LSU's lack of running game. LSU is certainly going to need some of their playmakers to sort of take over the game, like Kayshawn Boutte to do his thing. Uh, Max Johnson to have a really good day. But if they're able to do that at home, use some momentum, and Auburn maybe shoots themselves in the foot or gets a slow start like you saw from them at home versus Georgia State last week, I like the Tigers to pull the win at home. Here's some best bets going around. We like Penn State. We like Penn State. I'll do that again. <laughs> to cover, right, at minus 12 and a half versus Indiana. I think that's a very safe bet. I think Penn State is absolutely the better team than Indiana. They're playing at home. A little bit of revenge, grudge, match, action. And uh, I think that that spread is actually too too small. Um, I, th- I, I like them to win even bigger than that. So give us the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, we like the under in Michigan versus Wisconsin. Duh. That's a safe bet for us. Rock fight, again, between those two squads. I think the... I think it's set somewhere. Yeah, it's definitely safe. I think the, the the under is set. What is that under at? I think it's 50, 56 or something like that. So we will we will take that under. UTSA covers versus UNLV at as a 21-point favorite. UNLV did have a spirited contest with Fresno uh, last week. I think, again, that was just, you know, it's one of those weird matchup games. UTSA, in my opinion, is a far better team. Go Roadrunners to stay undefeated and take them out by 21. We like that. We also like the over in Memphis versus Temple, as both of those defenses are not very good, uh, especially susceptible to the big play on both sides of the ball. So give us the over in Memphis versus Temple, and we've got Army. Shout out to the Cadidiots. We like them to cover as a nine-point nine point favorite against Ball State so Army stays undefeated and beats Ball State by at least nine. I think that is very reasonable. Closing out this episode, so if you, we had a, a a couple thoughts about the college football playoff, right? So if you had asked me who I believed in to make the college football playoff in right now in week five, I'd simply say Alabama, Georgia, and Oregon. Bama and Georgia, because of the caliber of teams I believe them to be, and Oregon because of the path that they have to get there. I'm not saying that they're undeserving right now by any stretch, but I am not mixing words about their conference. And unlike the ACC, the Pac-12 still has you know a powerful, unbeaten sort of sitting out there that shark in that little goldfish tank out there. So Oregon has a good path to the playoffs so those would be my three picks but if you had to ask me if we had to have a college football playoff newcomer this year i feel like we could see that i think certainly we could see that this year uh based on how the beginning of the season has started out right so so who so who is it right well i've got three teams here and i have some thoughts on each first i'll start number one best shot as a newcomer i've got penn state This could be the year James Franklin's squad finally cracks the playoff. They're in a great power position right now in the Big Ten East, and they have that good uh, relationship with Ohio State. I could, depending on how this all factors out, you could certainly see Penn State even take a loss to Ohio State, right, and still get in the playoff if Ohio State runs the table after that and Penn State can can pass the eye test and some other heads roll in some other directions. It's not out of the realm of – possibility to have two Big Ten teams in the playoff. I'm just saying it could happen. Do I think it's likely? No. But Penn State, if they do win out, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, they're absolutely in. So Penn State, give give me those guys. Number two, I've got Florida. This is another team in a great position. Uh, I know that they have a loss, but it's that tight fight with Alabama, right? A tight fight with Alabama goes a long way. So, Uh, They went toe-to-toe with them. If they can manage to win out in the East, which means they would have to take out Georgia, and everybody has a very high opinion of them right now, get to Atlanta, win that rematch against Alabama, the Gators are in. So I think they have a legitimate chance as well. And number three, let's talk about it, Cincinnati. (laughs) I could, excuse me, folks, I could go all day on why these guys will still get screwed no matter what. I think the glass ceiling for these guys is number five. You watch. They're going to end the season at number five as a way of just being, oh, well, they were the first team out. It's a great year for Cincinnati. They're still going to get a BCS Bowl, you know, uh, prize, you know, to go home with at the end of the year. But regardless, if enough heads manage to roll, we have enough two lost teams and some ugly stuff happens, right? The Bearcats could seize the ladder of chaos and climb into the playoff as long as they take care of their schedule, and we are – we are liking them to take care of Notre Dame and actually win out. They are, in my opinion, a legitimate top five team. So well, so well at least at least a top 10 team. They're a legitimate top 10 team. We'll see how really good they are uh, here on, on Saturday. But they, they could make their first playoff appearance, which would be historic for not only that program, but for what it means to be in the group of five versus the power five and everything else. So uh, challenge the status quo. I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind seeing it, to be honest with you. Hey, if you enjoyed what you heard here today, then please do us a favor. Subscribe and follow the podcast. Five-star ratings are also appreciated. Or at least tell a few of your friends about the podcast. They can catch us on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow our Instagram, at any given you is the handle. Get over to our Facebook page and group as well. Also, if you would like to score you some Any Given You swag, please visit our online store at squadlocker.com. We've been able to raise hundreds of dollars for charity at the uh, to date with the proceeds from the purchases. So thank you, everybody, for your support. And remember, any given time, any given place, any given topic, you get it at any given you.